On our last conversation, we talked about country music star Morgan Wallen and his incident in a bar where his slur and use of the N-word has cost him, as far as we can tell, his career, sponsorships, etc. Mm-hmm. And we talked about cancel culture and how should Christians engage a context of cancel culture and the use of the N-word in particular in that mm-hmm. conversation. And what we discovered is there's so much that needs to be grasped about the landscape of that word in itself to really begin to address cancel culture or begin to address racism or the N-word in itself. And so what we want to do today is we want to continue that conversation and take a deep, honest look at it and acknowledge that there's so much more that needs to be learned and understood. And so our goal for today is to talk about where do we go from here? Where do we go in the public sector? That's work, social gatherings. Where do we go in our homes, the private spheres? And the monkey wrench of social media. Well, let me let me take a different approach. Okay. Okay. So as we are three men who love people, we love life, yeah. love oh, yeah, yeah, family. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Most days. Let me say. Let me begin by saying, there is a threat of the rush to judgment. Okay, so all of this begins with a sense of an understanding of things we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So we're filling in the blocks, mm-hmm. the empty void spaces with suppositions. We, 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 we come up with wild theories and we just start filling in and creating an alternate universe. Right. So I think we've all experienced at some time someone who speaks in language that we do not. And because they're laughing or giggling or maybe they get eye contact with you, you assume instantaneously they're talking about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about you in their native tongue or a different language that you don't understand and you are convinced it's about you (laughs) and you are ready to come packing and and show them something. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that that is rarely true When it is true, it's true, but it's rarely true. The truth is, is they are likely talking about something else that was not directly you, right? Mm -hmm. So I had an incident not many years ago, but it really was many years ago. So I'll leave the name of the company out, but let's just say it's the middle of the week and I needed a specific part for my computer. And I drove across town. I, I got in my sweats. I, I had to run across town. I had to run to the ATM first, get some cash. I, I run over to the store and uh, I'm waiting in line. Okay, I'm checking out. Got my part. I just want to get out of the store. This is great. I found the exact part I need. And the cashier was this, this young woman who, first of all, just didn't give me that kind of customer service mm. that you think you should get as a customer. And I'll never forget that because when someone treats you wrong, again, did I know exactly? But I started filling in the blanks. I'm kind of like, you know what? Are you racist? Mm-hmm. You, you, you kind of, you know, it's in my head. Sure. It's not coming out mm-hmm. of my mouth. It's mm-hmm. coming out of my eyes. It's yeah. coming out of my nose. I'm breathing fire. And, and I'm like, I'm going to let this thing keep playing out. But she kept talking down to me. She just, you know, like, like she didn't have time. Like, lady, I don't work here. 
you do. I, I have the part. I'm ready to check out. So this was a day or the time in history where you actually wrote, you could write checks for things, mm. right? This wasn't whip out your debit card. This wasn't whip okay. out the cash. I put, I, I put on my checkbook. From a land right? long ago. So, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> back in the day, right? A stone tablet. So I'm writing right. a check. And she looks at the check as if it's like this dirty, filthy thing. And I, I just thought, this is going sideways hmm. in a hurry. Because either I'm going to say something or mm. she's going to inadvertently say something, which is going to cause me to finish it, right? <laughs> so she never really got around to saying it, but I could tell. I could tell. And you could say, well, Egypt, you know, you're just being a little oversensitive. No, I know when someone's belittling me, someone sure. is judging me for something that I have no control over and nor have I done anything wrong. So she takes the check, she holds me up, there's a line building up behind me. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm agitated, mm -hmm. the line's building up behind me, she's the only checkout person. She delays, 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 and all the meanwhile really being disrespectful to me as a cashier, kind of thinking, I don't get it. Ultimately, her manager from across the store waves, gives a little hand signal, and she cashes a check, lets me go. I thought that was the end of it. I get in my car. I don't get two blocks off of the property. I got a police helicopter right above my car with the big wow. bullhorn, you know, with cops swarmed in on me. I'm telling you, it, this was like 930 at night. And here's where the story really got crazy for me because I put two and two together so quick, it, it was kind of like, oh, so it's like that. Mm. It's like that. I pull off into the first immediate residential area right in front of a house. Kid you not, I will never forget this. Police helicopter above with the big spotlight. It was like something out of bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Well, I, they were coming for me. I had to put one hand outside the the car wow. take the keys out of my car put it out on just awkward put you know hands through the windows with my keys and such guns drawn i look up to my right side and i see a little blonde girl looking out her front window like through the curtain just peeking at me and i'm thinking to myself so this is the imprint on this little blonde girl mm -hmm. another black man uh, done something. Don't know what he's done, but those black people, they're up to no good. Mm. So this is just reinforced in my mind. I'm scared. I'm, I'm amped up. I'm angry. Mm -hmm. And I just revert to my active duty training and I just get very calm, very professional, mm. guns drawn. I'm cuffed. I'm put in the back of the car. Oh. I'm listening to the radio, the police radio. Cops are just doing their job. I, I don't. I, this is not about the cops. Mm. This they they did their job. They did it properly. They did what they were called in to do. Sure. But apparently, this individual said that I was a bad check passer, uh, which was a problem because the evidence was in my pocket. And that was the ATM stop that I made. I had the ATM slip, which shows my deposit as well as my balance, right. which was more than 100 times what I was spending. And uh, the cuffs came off me real quick, and the story unraveled. And we moved, we, went, we moved into litigation, and that was a whole different ending. But here's the point I'm trying mm. to say. If we start this discussion down what do we do in the spheres, there are spheres. Yeah. And the first sphere happens to be that public sphere. 
the public sphere is a really nasty one because it often comes without invitation. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for that. Right. I was a customer coming in to buy a product so that I could go home and then use that product for its purpose. Mm-hmm. I was held up from doing that. So what do you do when you're in that situation and you may not be the person who is uh, arrested or falsely arrested or apprehended or accused of a crime that you didn't commit? And all over a word, well, I can tell you, I've also been in public places like restaurants where a black family's sitting down and someone in, else comes in uh, of a different race altogether and just utters an epithet. Could be the N-word, could be another cultural s- slang term. And I'm telling you, when I say WWF in, inside of a McDonald's or inside of a KFC or inside of a Taco Bell or you fill in the blank, mm-hmm. uh, people get crazy in public places mm-hmm. all over a single word being the mm-hmm. trigger. So is it the word that triggers them or is it something else? Mm. See, the word is not the thing, but it happens to be the spark that right. lights, a, which is on a very short wick. Mm-hmm. And... People have lost a sense of self-respect. So it's very difficult for someone who has a loss of self-respect to respect you. So as we are men sitting around here, you know, you've got a viewing audience that's wondering, well, well, how does that apply to me? What can I do in the right. public sphere? Mm-hmm. What do I do when I go to the office and my boss is always, you know, he doesn't really say the word, but he's always talking down about my race of people or my, my people. Well, who, who the heck, first of all, is my people? But that's a whole different discussion. It should be our people. Mm-hmm. So if you have a boss, if you have a coworker, if you have a family member who is actually in a public sphere, putting you in a position where you have to defend yourself physically, well then you've got a couple choices. I always like the choice of remove yourself from the equation. Sure. Mm. So, you know, one minus one happens to be zero, mm. all right? Just get away. And then some will say, well, are you teaching to retreat and to quit? I'm teaching discernment. Mm-hmm. I- I'm like, why? Because this, this question of why is the same thing that comes up when a drive-by shooting, which no one asked for, and a child is shot, or a young blue-chip basketball player, a junior in high school, will never make it to the pros now. The only son of a single mother who has put all her hopes on her son and loves her son desperately. How many times do you think that's happened mm-hmm. in just the last mm-hmm. five years? Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to go very far. I'm telling you, it's happened so regularly, it's sickening. So what do you do with that? Remove yourself from the equation. Right, right. So if that would be your very first thing, it doesn't make you a coward. kind of makes you a discerning person, mm-hmm. a person of wisdom. I'm just going to act on wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to press on. So that's where I would kind of begin okay. begin that phraseology about some strategies in life of what matters when it matters mm-hmm. in the public sphere. It begins with me. It always begins with me. Sometimes I can't remove myself, but if I can't remove myself, I need to put myself in a position of strength where I can either defend myself yeah. and defend myself verbally, if I can defend myself physically, if I can defend others as well, but I have to make sure that I reset the algorithm mm-hmm. because when the problem exists, 
you, you better become a problem solver very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think we've lost the art or the ability to mm. solve problems mm -hmm. quickly because I don't think we really want to solve the problem. Mm. I think we have only one answer. We want some some of the punch. Exactly. I want some I want a pound of flesh. And if that's all you really want, well then this is all a waste of time. Yeah, right. Mm. Right. That's really you're not really listening insightful. to anything if well, that's the only answer you want. So let me let me push on you here sure. uh, a little bit. So do you think there's room for different roles to be played depending on skin color specifically? Now so yes. I so I ask you this uh, so I think uh, from my position as a white guy, uh, most of the people that are in senior leaderships of organizations I've been a part of, of stuff sure. I've seen, right, they tend to be white male, right, right. like cis straight, whatever. Uh, and, and so when I see somebody who is, let's say, a Hispanic female being picked on or being right. whatever, there, do you think there is an incumbent role as a white male to actually step in and say something, right, like as a not to try and be a protector or anything like that, but because it's very likely soci socially, culturally, right, socioeconomically even, sure. that it's going to cost me less to speak up on somebody else's behalf than it would maybe for that woman if she got fired or if she was just right. kind of silently pushed out the door. Do you, what role or how much weight do you give to somebody's actual like mm. color of skin in this public sphere conversation? I love what you're asking because really there's the what you say and then there's the what you do. Right, right. And then, quite frankly, I can take both of those off the board because they don't mean anything mm -hmm. if you don't believe. Right, right, for sure. Right? For so sure. whether you're white, whether you're blue, whether you're yellow, I don't care what you are. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is if I'm going to speak up, right? So what do I speak up and how? But if I don't believe with what I'm speaking up and I'm only doing it for PR points right. or if I'm yeah. doing mm -hmm. it for kudos yeah. or if mm -hmm. I'm doing it to somehow be recognized as a hero of the moment, yeah. uh, that will be seen for exactly what right. it is, which yeah. is Eventually. basically it, that's fake news, right? Yeah. That's yeah. just yeah. garbage. Right. Yeah. And then there's the what you do, right? Are you a consistent doer? Right. Meaning, so over a course of time, do others articulate what you say and what you do as being a part of your DNA, a part of your character, a mm -hmm. part of your credibility, and specifically your reputation. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a kind of a give and take because you could be the person who's just an observer. Mm -hmm. I did that five times. I'm good. I'm just going to let this time roll. Right. Well, right. nah, a, a true doer always does. Yeah. But the truth is, is if you don't believe, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. Mm. And that's the real key. It's not in the saying or the doing, but it's first beginning in the believing. And what we talked about in last episode about the the importance of repenting. Yeah, yeah. Really sure. getting it getting it right. Yeah, yeah. right. So mm -hmm. here's my new stake in the ground. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it begins mm -hmm. on it begins and ends on repentance. Yeah, you know. And I love the the statement that is made: all things end in judgment. Right. So what I say is going to end in judgment. It's going to be judged. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to balance in the scales. And the same, what I do is all going to end in judgment. Yeah, it's got to balance in the scales. Yeah. So one of the tricky things about the public sphere or interactions out in society yeah. is that you're getting a collision mm. of different ideologies or different uh, perspectives that are going to crash right. together. And you some, most of the times you don't expect it. There's a situation that happens right. and you can't discern the person's intention or whatever, right? So sure. it gets real messy real quick. My question to you is, what do you make of what from my perspective, is the undue stress and the 
undue responsibility on people of color to always be the ones who are composed, to always be the ones who have to be the problem solvers, to always be above reproach, sure. right? To use a metaphor in any given situation. And, and I mean, like, we don't have to go too far, right? Like when Kaepernick was kneeling, nope, don't do that. Right. Okay, so you don't like it that way because it's about the flag. Right. But then a bunch of people are getting killed mm -hmm. and you also don't like um, peaceful protests. Obviously, nobody likes destruction of property. So like you can't win. Right. And so, again, this is just my perspective, but my question to you is, what do you make of what seems to me an undue stress? See, what you just described to me brought back a lot of what I consider to be painful memories. Um, and what's good about what you're saying as well is this whole premise about what is the point? Okay, so whether it's Kaepernick, whether it's uh, a social activist that got hit over the head with a frozen banana. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it's really some bizarre stories out there of just crazy quacky things that yeah, have been yeah. going on. Many that just go unreported. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like frozen banana. Well, yeah, look it up. It's just <laughs> it's some crazy stuff. But the point I'm trying to make is, is whatever I do, I should consider what is the most efficient way mm. to achieve my goal? For Colin Kaepernick to kneel, okay, he has calculated in his mind, this is the most efficient way to actually bring about change. Do I agree with that? No, I don't. But it doesn't make me a race. It doesn't mean that I don't have a more efficient way. I would be seeking efficiency because efficiency is about onboarding all the parties. Isn't that the point? Mm. Because remember, if I'm if the point is for the boat to stay afloat, then I probably should stop shooting holes in my hole. Because I need everybody on this boat so that I can talk to you. Mm. And as I'm talking to you, I need you to do more than just listen to me. I need you to actually take ownership of what I'm saying. Mm. Because there are some truths here. Now, I can give you some of my opinion, right? So that's conjecture. I'll give you a lot of my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give you some truths here. So there are some building blocks. You cannot move the truth. You can move my opinion, but right. you can't move the truth. And then I need you to actually make course corrections with that. So if the course correction is volatile in emotion, it's volatile in screaming and shouting. What, what, like, really, did you think screaming at me was going to make me respect you more? Right. Like, like uh, I love you so much more sure. that you just ripped me a new one and made me feel like a bozo. Mm -hmm. I love that. Can you do more of that, please? See, no one's going to say that. Right. But the truth is, if I want you to change your behavior, I'm going to have to do it in such a way that I respect you. Because respect is reciprocal. And unfortunately, it's not always returned mm -hmm. the way you think it went out. So that's just a matter of perception. So I think as a, as, mm. as a human being, so yeah. I look at myself as a human long before I ever declare an adjective such as I'm a black African-American. What is African-American? Do you know how many countries there are in Africa? I mean, really, you, you do know the northern countries are, are, are Arab. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Egyptians don't consider themselves African. I find that very interesting. Right, it's the continent of Africa, but yeah. I'm just saying, am I racist for saying that? Or, or am I just being real to what the map shows? The, the, the satellite imagery shows that this country is connected to a mass that we call Africa, but you're not. Uh, nah. 
that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when there's a association by disassociation, uh-huh. I think we've lost the argument. And I think what we ultimately want to do is get back to just a groundwork. Again, it's all about starting in the basement and building up. How strong is your foundation? The foundation always began with you, and it began with your creator. And if you don't reconcile that, nothing else is going to matter. It's just going to be a great talking point. There are some things that we can talk about in life that actually are circular. They are circular discussions. They will never have a reconciled end because those are just discussions that are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's like talking about your favorite sports team. It's like talking about who's the GOAT, who's the greatest of all times. No way, he should be on Mount Rushmore. Really? We're going to have that discussion? Is that going to get you into heaven? Really? And some people will go to blows over who should be the greatest basketball player ever. But we're talking about a slur, a slang, a terminology that bears hundreds of years of history. And I even beg to even ask you, did the N-word, whether it existed or not, the carnage that it carries, did it start with black slavery? Or did it exist long before Mm, mm -hmm. in a different form? Right. What I am telling you is that that word carries the history of all of man's sin. It's just the anger, the rage, the Mm. violence, the torching of humans to... If they're less than an animal, I, I just have to wonder. Right, right. What does that make us today? Right. Are we a more efficient version of our former selves? I sure hope not. Right. I certainly hope not. Yeah, I mean, re- really, really good insights there. And so as we kind of transition that thought into the private sector or people's sure. homes, where you don't necessarily have a collision of ide- ideologies, you more have the seedbed or the formation of these ideologies, right? So like that home of that little blonde girl you described, that's the place where her experience is going to be interpreted for her and where she's going to make something out of it. She's going to adopt the perspective about it. She will. So where do we go from there in that sector? Yeah, well, isn't this a whole issue around families that pray together, stay together. You know, we love our little isms, right? Mm-hmm, and our little mm-hmm. anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of truth to that as well. So in the family structure, particularly the nuclear family, you mm-hmm. look like a, a a dedicated mother and father who are married and, and, and they raise their family and they teach them these core values and biblical principles. This is all wonderful stuff. But there's a lot of uh, toxic things that are learned in the family. <laughs> so, you know, we also learn from parents how to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, back in the day when we actually had home phones, you know, the landline, it, it, it's like a landline. Yeah. It's like, wow, what was that like? You know, yeah, a landline. So, I remember. you know, a family member calls and a parent doesn't want to take it. Tell them I'm not here. Tell them I'm not. We're, we're teaching. So we right. was, we didn't think we were teaching them how to lie. Right. What, what, what we, I've taught you how to be an efficient liar because <laughs> I'm looking at you. Right. So that then perpetuates into the next thing. And Mm -hmm. then we get mad because you lied to me. Mm -hmm. You lied to me when I told you you can't go out and borrow the car and you can't, and all these things take place. All of the cultural biases also take place within the family. Mm-hmm. And those are learned. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you talk under your breath about another race mm-hmm. or, or those people, you know, and you fill in the blank with it, blank, right. blank, 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 blank. And over the t- course of time, you know, because a child wants to conform or be in the good graces of a parent, well, there you have it. You're creating a worse version of yourself. Mm. So the home, as much as it is a place of peace, 
can be a place of toxicity, can be a place of just demonstrative core values that are just destructive. And I think we're seeing more of the destruction because as that home life now filters into what I consider to be a virtual life out in the social world of social media, mm -hmm. you've got a conduit there which says basically I can say whatever I want right. and have no responsibility. Mm -hmm. I dare you can't even find me. Right. I can <laughs> even have a I can have a faux name. I can go by, you know, anonymous oh, if I want to. So my sources say, really? Your sources. Is that how we're gonna end? Sure. Is that how we're we're gonna talk about sources now? So we love to hide behind something, and as long as we don't have to be responsible for it, I think we've given license to an entire generation. And this is in fact how we interact with one another. By doing so, <laughs> throwing a punch in the dark and then pretending, whoop, wasn't me. And that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, so it sounds like even the the remedy in the in the home, right, is going to be another conversation around where it begins and ends around repentance. Precisely. Right? And, and so we have to, uh, so we're, you know, if you're watching this, you're probably sensing a theme here, right? It's just like, we, <laughs> we probably can't do much about changing the world as a whole, mm -hmm. but if enough of us get serious enough about changing our world and the mm. place that we occupy in it, then you begin to see the systemic cultural change, right, that you're talking about. That yeah, now, and do what you can beginning with yourself. We, yeah. we, we love to fix other people right, as, right. Some, some, you know, as if to imply I'm infallible. Right. So let me help you out, brother, because, right. you know, you, you, gotta, you, you ain't quite there yet. Yeah, I you got, got that speck can, of dust in yeah, your I can help you right. out. So, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest crutches, you know, is that we don't see that we're the ones that are broken right. and right. lame and, and need help and need, to, need help up off the tarmac as well. Mm -hmm. But when you do get up off the tarmac, the question is, is do you go around kicking everyone else down or mm. do you lift others up? Mm. Right. And that really is a choice of the will. Uh, that's a willful, willful act. You have to decide who you're going to be and who you're not going to be. And when you look at who you are not going to be, you're going to devote all your time to who you actually are. Mm. But you can't be who you are if you don't really know who you are. Yeah. So then as we transition into the last one around social media, uh, this is an interesting one because mm. a lot of us who are younger, who are digital natives, right, don't really see a difference between the world that we live in here and the right. world that we occupy online, right? And so uh, for social media, when we're discussing these things, what do you... Uh, because these these conversations are important, and whether or sure. not we like it, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok have become the public square yes, right, of have. Gen Z and even later in early millennials. And, and so uh, as we have these discussions, and are there any specific things that you would recommend for people uh, in like a how-to or things to avoid you know, in these things? Because uh, our discussions are only going to become more online-centric. Social media is probably only going to get more toxic as sure. it goes, right? And as keyboard warriors, we're probably only going to get better at typing and even faster there. So how do we, like, maintain a, a spirit-filled, right, a Christ-filled uh, conversation, particularly when it's so easy to get so heated? Well, this is probably the biggest struggle uh, to man today <laughs> is, is, is really it, it's – the cell phone is practically uh, an extension of the flesh. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. for I sure. mean, without a doubt, yeah. it, it, you, you might as well take that thing and, and put it in a blender and drink it because it's <laughs> it's a part of our nutrition that. plan. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, what diet are you on? I'm on the uh, Samsung diet, yeah. you know, kind of thing. I think one of the things that I look at is 
an intentionality um, in detaching and down and basically stepping back. Because at the end of the day, the phone has become the digital Bible. And yeah. I'm not talking mm -hmm. about the Bible app. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. it is, in fact, a worldview. Yeah. And the worldview is the dependency on feed posts mm -hmm. and likes. We have moods and, and depression levels that are symbiotic with the numbers of likes yeah, yeah. or the numbers of views. How is this so? Have we reduced our humanity hmm. to that of a digital counter or a digital adding machine? Yeah. This is absurd to me. It's not just absurd to me. It's absurd to every person who doesn't recognize how absurd that is. Right. So getting out of the land of the asinine and getting into a land of some level of cognitive thought and, and productive lifestyle, I would say you can't think cognitively. You can't think rationally. You can't even think sanely. Hmm until you get unplugged from the vices of this world. Mm. So how is it right for us to say to someone struggling uh, with uh, you know, alcohol or drugs or sexual addiction, but then we say, you know, it's okay to have your phone yeah. and just basically be staring at that screen with your head down to the ground, walking into traffic, walking into I-5, you know, northbound with your head down, but you're just jamming out to all of your likes and your feeds. And I just one more, just one more. I got to respond to one more text message. Really, is it worth your life? Mm. And I'm not talking about your safety. I'm really talking about your devotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a digital Sabbath thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's 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 the new digital place of yeah. worship, and and we've if you can't disconnect, so others will say, "I'm not addicted." Really? Let me take your phone for 24 hours. Yeah, You see the hives coming out. Uh, yeah. It's just like, hold on, we have a patch, we have a cream for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like settle down. It's yeah, yeah, man, that's really really good thoughts to give us all um, some homework, some feedback. Lots to chew on to think about how we can begin to stop perpetuating Indeed. Um, and becoming um, some of those factors that can change that. Right. So, yeah. again, we want to thank you for continuing that conversation with yeah. us. Thanks for having Leave me. Leave us a comment. What do you guys think? What parts resonate with you the most? What parts do you disagree with? Make sure you leave us a comment below and we'll check you out next time on Kingdom Thinking.